This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Deanna, we've uh, had a break since our last conversation on the analysis, uh, but we were talking about the Old Testament when we took that break, and and we're still going to deal some with Old Testament. And uh, I know you and I both have had some feedback from people uh, just related to uh, gratitude about talking about some Old Testament issues and giving some clarity and light to just how to read and think about the Old Testament and process with it. And so we, we want to go one more time on that subject today and um, just think out loud again about the Old Testament and try to connect it some to how does that matter in our world today, life today? Uh, isn't it just old books, old literature, old stories? And does it have anything to do with the day? We've, we've kind of connected it to this is how it's connected with the New Testament. So don't, don't get trapped in your New Testament and forget the Old Testament. Uh, you won't understand the New Testament correctly, but it still does matter today. Yeah. And when I was thinking about the Old Testament and what you were saying, I was thinking, you're right. We don't want to get trapped in the Old Testament, nor do we want to get trapped in the New Testament, but allow it to see the unity between the two. And the only way to really do that is to be able to dig into the Old Testament as well. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about one of the books that I've read. It's called The Message of the Twelve. And one of the things that the authors say in that is they say, the prophets remind us that God cannot be pushed to the margins of our lives or trivialized and manipulated into fulfilling our personal agendas. The prophets restore a vision of God's immensity and challenge us to worship and revere him. Mm -hmm. And when we read the Old Testament and when we read the prophets, with that in mind, it really helps us see the lens of what God is speaking about. Mm-hmm. And it's it's knowing him more deeply and learning to love our neighbors. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes we miss that and we think, oh, that's only in the New Testament. Yeah. But it really it really is in God. Yeah. And God is telling us that in the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's coming out of the character of God. All commands flow out of his character, not God exists and sits on a throne as a dictator and makes up rules. He gives he gives us command that are full of promise because it rolls out of his character. This is who he is. Therefore, this is the way to live in relationship to him. Um, and you know, when you think about the the Old Testament prophets in particular, um, as the as the quote talked about, you know, capturing a vision of his immensity and the challenge to worship and revere him. Really, I think you can kind of put bookends on all the prophetic books of it shows the holiness of God and the seriousness of sin. And when you kind of have both those bookends and you go through the prophets and reading them and trying to apply them to your life, you you find ways to these are reasons to worship God. These are reasons these are reasons to watch my holiness carefully. These are areas that I could fall into the traps of, of sin, the temptation to sin. And so what in my life looks like their lives that he was judging them for and 
how should I really be worshiping him? Because look at how great he really is. And especially when you're talking about looking at our own lives, when I'm reading the Old Testament, sometimes I'm thinking, oh my goodness, is this is this my life in here, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I could just insert my name sometimes in some of the times where you see the people being apathetic or mm-hmm. you see the people who have turned to idols in the nations and you see where there's an absence of God's word being taught and yet you have all these teachers and you have all these leaders around them but no one is speaking truth and so I can look into my day and time as well and and look around and and see the same sort of picture where we're seeing an absence of God's word or we're seeing leaders who are instructing but they're not instructing from God's word yeah yeah I, I think about that a lot when I listen to quite a bit of contemporary preaching. It's, it's not always that you're hearing heresy. You, you just hear so much of how life could be good if we did things the way Jesus did. And, and, and it leads you towards everything's supposed to be good. Everything's supposed to be peaceful. There's not supposed to be problems in your life. There's not supposed to be problems in the world. And it could be that way if you lived more like this or you had more faith. And, and you get that Old Testament prophet sense of the false prophets that were saying peace, peace when there is no peace. And it's yeah. because of the, the famine of the Word of God. We're so biblically illiterate that we hear that and we just, we take it in because it feels good and sounds good. But if you take apart what's being said and lay it on top of the scriptures, you go, but that's not the way the Bible teaches the way to follow Jesus. And, and there's so much, it's not that what they said is wrong. It's just, there's so much missing that you don't have a full meal to chew on. Yeah. And it reminds me of, and I know we've mentioned this before but we've talked about King Josiah right mm-hmm. and and you see King Josiah toward the end of the kings in Judah right yeah, yeah. and what happens to King Josiah I think should cause us to stop and really pay attention because he becomes king at a very young age right yeah. eight yeah. but when he gets older he's you know having them clean out the temple and Hilkiah finds the book of the Lord and brings it back. And I can't remember who it is who reads it to him, but he reads it to King Josiah and King Josiah rips his cloth and he Mm -hmm. realizes, oh my goodness, we haven't been living under the instruction of the Lord. Go ask a prophet. And so Hilkiah goes out to Huldah. And says, you know, we need the instruction of the Lord. And so you see this repentance in the land and this reform and all these things happen. He even takes down the high places. But the problem is that it's not in the heart of the people. Yeah. And so the reform is very short lived. But God still, you know, allows hope in that. Right. And that's what we see i think even in our day and time and you think about this you think how how was the word of god 
hidden in the temple. Mm-hmm. Are, are we going into churches and we're not hearing the word of God? I, are, are the Bible shoved back into rooms in the churches and we're giving a life lesson on leadership? And I'm not saying leadership things are, are wrong. Don't get, right. don't get me wrong. But I mean, you see what I'm saying where, mm-hmm. where we end up with this famine yeah. in the land? Yeah. And I, I think we're experience, experiencing some of that today. And we can learn some things from that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 hope, we, I hope we can. The connections are, are too real when you, when you read it and have the right lens to read the Old Testament. You go, we're seeing some of these same kind of things happen today. And, and that's why God's word is inspired and profitable and it it's ongoing. It, it's still true today. It wasn't just true and a message for them only. It was true then and he inspired it. It's true now in every generation where they do hide God's word, it's going to be true and, and hopefully bring to light how we recover God's hope and God's truth in the word there's a, um, a a danger in in the in the fact that um, we can take the Old Testament and read it only for that time period and that's a story then and I, I think that's you're talking about the Josiah story and it's easy to read that and go well isn't that great that happened for them and, and that's a good thing and never connect it to today and and assume that it's not happening when if we'll have eyes to see we can see it happen yeah and you know we've been talking a lot about the prophets like in the last couple of weeks isaiah jeremiah ezekiel and and we would call them right the 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 major prophets because their books are longer and all those kinds of things when we look at the minor prophets the book of the 12 one of the things that is interesting is the layout is in like this order of the kingdoms when you see the fall of Assyria you know and then you see the fall of Babylon and then you see Persia there at the end when the exiles are released to go back to the land but all throughout those minor prophets there are all sorts of instructions that are so helpful Mm -hmm. to us living today and we really are not inquiring of the Lord and so many times we see in those in those books where you'll see the prophet saying you didn't seek the Lord Mm -hmm. you didn't inquire the Lord you didn't ask the Lord you didn't and I'm thinking how many things do I not ask the Lord about yeah I mean am I how many decisions and am I making that I'm not bringing before him and asking him, Lord, would you soften my heart to see the way you see? Or would you help me, you know, to be able to navigate through this situation? Yeah. Yeah. I think you can read those 12 prophets and really easily ask the question for personal application. Uh, when I'm reading this, how were they failing to love the Lord? And do I love the Lord that way? How are they failing to love one another? And do I love others that way? Because so many of the sins they were condemned for had to do with idolatry and in various forms. 
and then taking advantage of one another, not taking care of the poor, not being faithful in marriage, you know, all these things that you really see happening today, being too greedy, being too selfish. And, and so you can really read them and go, he's condemning them for that. Do I love others the way they were condemned for? Uh, do I love God the way they were condemned for? And you can make, I think, ready, readily, ready application to yourself and to things going on in our current society right out of the minor prophets. Yeah, and when you even think of just some of the verses that we've kind of memorized and throw around, like Micah 6.8, act justly, love mercy, walk mm-hmm. humbly with your God. Yeah. I mean, if I just spent the next week you know, asking the Lord, am am I acting justly in this situation? Am I loving mercy? Am I? And one of the beautiful things about the Old Testament and, and those encounters is that it is a mirror for us to show us our desperate, desperate need for the Savior, someone who can fulfill every one of those places where I fell. Yeah. And that's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, which is an, another good thing to just remember reading the Minor Prophets. You not only you not only see how you can kind of test yourself for what's going on in the world today, but they really do remind you of the hope that comes through a Messiah that's coming. So many of those prophets have pointers to the Messiah coming. A lot of the a lot of the prophecies fulfilled that we kind of love to think about, talk about in, in relationship to Jesus' birth narrative, especially come out of the minor prophets, you know, the promise of where he'll come from, the idea of, of the kind of, kind of savior or Messiah that he will be, uh, you know, the, the humble beginnings uh, kind of prophecies come from the minor prophets. And so there's these indicators that God loves you and he's sending mercy. And even though you have sinned in, in ways towards worship and in ways towards love of others, he still loves and is going to redeem a remnant. And this is how you're part of the remnant. You belong to him through his Messiah, through his Savior. Yeah. And when we were talking earlier about the prophets and prior to the recording of this and me just being reminded that God's heart over his people and loving his people, you can see that poured out Mm. in these passages. And a lot of times we come to the prophets and we think, oh, well, he's just judging us. You know, these harsh disciplines are coming because you know, they, they didn't hold to the rules of, of what was expected of them. When you look in the prophets and you see those passages, it helps us to be able to see the heart of God and how hard this is for Him as well. Yeah. Yeah, you made such a great point. We were talking about it earlier, how you can see God's brokenness over the sinfulness of His people and that they're running from Him and... And yet all that he's done and given them is not only out of his good nature, but for their good. And so he's heartbroken that the relationship is is broken. And he's heartbroken that they're running into things that are only going to cause them more harm, yeah. not good. And it really is like a parent's heart. We've all known parents that are dealing with 
a broken relationship with children that they they love them and long for the relationship to be restored but they also hurt because they just watch decision after decision is only making this harder for you um, even though you don't necessarily see it in this moment i can see it for you this is not going to turn out for your good it's bringing more harm and it it and and you you can feel the heart of god by tapping into the heart of that parent or your own parent heart when you're going through those struggles so you see that heart of God in a passage like this in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 7, where it says, I've forsaken my house, I've abandoned my inheritance, I've given the beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. And, and you just hear how broken he is, especially in the word beloved. And I think that's what you pointed out. Uh, this, he's, not, he's not talking now in the command of a general Right. And so many times I think we read the Old Testament like here's God and he's in charge and he's setting the he's setting the way and we better do what he says or else. And this is not the heart of a commander in chief. This is the heart of a father who's broken. My beloved uh, that that's language that touches us where we live right now. I think that's so true. And when you see these types of images of God, you know, and we've talked about in the past, you know, the shepherd image, or we've talked about images that you see God in where they are taking these intangible ways of communicating about the nature of God and they're making it tangible yeah. within their language, within the way that they can relate to that. I mean, we can relate to beloved in Hosea, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, here you see this people who continues to walk away from him and he's going, I'm not giving up on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there are times when I think that we, we feel like maybe God has given up on us mm -hmm. or maybe God has abandoned us or maybe we don't feel or sense God. And we can look back in these prophets and, and we can read Habakkuk and, and see, mm -hmm. okay, wait, God, you're still there. Okay, you might have to get to the fourth chapter, but yeah. he's still there and he's yeah. providing hope. And, and we can sense that he has not left us and he will not forsake us. Yeah. And that's where I really believe faith steps in. You know, we say we have faith, mm -hmm. but it's when we're in these really hard situations where we have to look at God and cry out to him and inquire of him. And that's when all of a sudden he begins to develop and strengthen our faith. Yeah, for sure. In relationship to just this idea of our faith in God and understanding um, how we relate to him in this context from what the prophets are saying. Uh, you were talking about faith and, and Habakkuk. And I, I, I started thinking, man, we sometimes do feel like God's abandoned us and we've been so unfaithful. And yet the prophets remind us he's always faithful. And how do you come to him? You know, we, the New Testament, we, we go, you are saved by faith. Well, that doesn't come out of thin air. Yeah. 
<laughs> that it comes out of the whole. I mean, it really comes out of Genesis when you have Abraham. Who, how did he? How did he walk with God? He considered his his righteousness as faith, right? Uh, but I, I mean, it's Habakkuk who says the righteous will live by faith. You know, I mean, where's Paul make his Romans argument for Romans chapter four, five, six, seven off of Habakkuk? This, you know, he this he's drawing on this is this is what we know about God. Uh, he's not coming up with something brand new, and and I think we forget that. And 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 the idea of we live today, people live and think, man, has God abandoned me? We deal with pain and suffering in in our world today. Why you, the whole problem of evil and wondering and questioning? Uh, why are bad things happening? Mm-hmm. Well, the minor prophets are saying, look, you're going to suffer and it's going to be at my hand and I'm going to use evil people <laughs> to bring your suffering and I'm still going to deal with the evil, right? And that is so hard for us to make sense of in our own mind and when we're going through it today where I'm suffering at the hand of somebody that's so evil and tragic and you want to tell me that God's using it for my good, that's ridiculous, it's not ridiculous. He's done this from the beginning with his people, right? This is the God has had to use because we're fallen. He's had to use evil means to deal with his people, to sanctify them and keep his remnant. That's because we're in a broken and fallen world. So, so much of what we deal with every day in our own world is being lived out for us in a picture through all these minor prophets. And, it, and even as we talked about previously in the weeks prior to, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, you see the same thing in Jeremiah 22. And, you know, what, what's, what's happening? He's giving these oracles about leaders of the nations, right? It's not just Judah. He's, he's also talking to them about the accountability that's going to come on Babylon because the people are questioning, why, why God, are you allowing these people to bring havoc in our world when, when you, we know you're the one true God, we know, And, and God is trying to communicate to them. I want you to live in the best in the best and I've given you the instruction to do that and you've abandoned that and I need to bring you back to that place because that is what's going to give you a flourishing environment and you can't see it because you've gone away and and he's showing them that and when when you're reading it sometimes the oracles can be so choppy Mm -hmm. so that's why it's good like you were saying a couple of weeks ago that it's good to have something to kind of help us walk through mm-hmm. some of these prophets and yeah. and I know that you and the other pastors have been been preaching on them mm-hmm. Sunday night so anybody who is in our church can just go online and watch some of those and yeah. and walk through these things but it is like you said they're they're asking these questions and the prophets are answering for God yeah. and they're saying I'm still I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still here. I have not left you. And there is hope for you. Trust in me. Have faith in me. Repent where you need to repent and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. As we've preached through some of these books and the and the minor prophets, it, it feels like 
okay, the point of application today is repent. And it's true. I mean, that really is the point of application always with the Bible. I'm measuring myself against holy scripture and a holy God, and I'm not. And so... I need to be I need to be in a constant attitude of repentance that mm-hmm. what needs to be corrected in my life it's it's David's cry right from the Psalms seek seek me and know my heart try me in my ways right uh, see if there's any unsteadfast way within me uh, and so man I I want to live with that attitude of repentance that that is that is real that is right and, and the minor prophets really help with that. I mean, it can bring you to those places to go, I, I, I want to live repentant. And then the good news of that is in Christ, it's been forgiven. So my repentance isn't, I hope I get God's forgiveness. It's, yeah. I know I have God's forgiveness and I can pick up and continue to walk with him and serve him and move on. I am in that remnant that he speaks the hope to in all these prophets. Because there is always this thread of hope that runs through them. And that's mine because of Jesus, not because of what I've done. And again, it takes you back to it's the heart of God. He He is using all of these things to bring his people to repentance and then did what needed to be done. Died himself through the Son for our sins. And so what a beautiful picture you get by studying these Old Testament prophets. So we're saying to you, do that. <laughs> don't don't avoid these books that you go, I, I don't know if there's anything in here for me. Yeah. It's, it's very up to date. Well, I appreciate the conversation again, and hopefully this is helpful to you as a listener and a reader. We do commend you to uh, the Old Testament books, and we're going to move and have some discussion on the New Testament uh, next time and and kind of have an overview and a a bigger understanding of that uh, just to complete this picture. So I hope you'll join us next time for the analysis.